0: From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. And it is with great pleasure that I bring in my friend Kaylee McEnany, who is a former White House press secretary in the Trump administration, presently the co-host of Fox News Outnumbered, and a New York Times best-selling author, and she's doing it again. Her new book is coming out in May 2nd, and it's titled Serenity in the Storm. Living Through Chaos by Leaning on Christ. And I love that. Right there. I love it. I'm all for it. I don't have the book yet, but I I love this. I love the notes. And, Kaylee, thank you for coming on. And hey. go ahead.
1: Yeah, great to join you, Larry. And I will make sure you get a book. It's a pleasure to join you. Um, as you know, you are a beloved Former and current
0: colleague. <laughs> You're the best. I, you know, I just love this. You've, um, I'm just reading through some of the notes. That's why I really want to read this book. But you look at all these problems, social problems, uh, diplomatic war problems, Afghanistan, crime problems. You look at it through the lens of faith and you say um, the storms we face have prompted many great leaders to rise to the moment and have left a yearning in the human heart for a Savior, Jesus Christ, who is walking alongside us every step of the way. You know, um, Kelly, I've been through my own problems and crises in my life, and uh, I believe uh, in the last 30 years that Jesus Christ has walked alongside me. He's fallen with me and he's risen with me, or let me just say he's pulled me back up. So I just think right off the top, I, I love what you're saying here. Love this.
1: Exactly. And that is so beautifully said, Larry. You know, at the end of the day, it's it's so easy to get involved in the horse race of politics. You know, I'm for this Republican candidate or that one, or, you know, I you know don't like what the Democrats are doing or, you know, it's so easy to get caught up in that. But when your vision transcends. Uh, the the human political process, and you realize um, the goodness that comes with faith and love of Jesus Christ and the kindness and compassion that he showed, Uh, it can take us to a place, if we have a nationwide revival where uh, we love one another and this divisiveness is just gone, um, and God's at work even now. And you, know, you see that even in the darkness of Afghanistan and the, the horrid takeover of the Taliban. You know, I got to speak with a member of the underground church there. She was beautiful, named Asman. And she said, uh, the underground church is on fire. It may be small, but it's mighty. And the receptiveness to the message of Christ there is, is um, something to be said and a story to be told.
0: Kaylee, this um, sounds to me like an optimistic book.
1: It is. Look, we live in, in dark times. Um, there's no doubt about that. You just turn on the news and you see it. So, We've got to be real and candid and realistic about where we are. But at the same time, he's not gone. He's still there. And when we turn to him, amazing things can happen. And, you know, I would argue one such moment was the Dobbs decision where uh, life is now valued. Sixty three million children have been killed uh, to the scourge of abortion since Roe. And and he's at work, even at times when it doesn't feel like he's there.
0: Who else? What I want to get talk politics with you. I want to talk, you know, low and dirty politics with you, but I want want to start with the high road on this lovely book. Um, What other examples do you talk about in the book?
1: One of them is religious freedom. You know, when uh, you go back to the, the 60s and the 70s, where we had a Supreme Court that said, you know, no, you can't Say God in school, you can't pray in school um, that that's not fair. Um, you know they they essentially took God out of society entirely, and the court actually, when it took out school prayer, said, you know yes, there's separation of church and state. But that doesn't mean that we create a religion of secularism in this country. And what we've seen for decades is the court do just that. But um, all of a sudden, Amy Coney Barrett gets to the court and these onerous COVID restrictions are, are wiped away. That you know, targeted churches, uh, Coach Kennedy, can now kneel in silent prayer, silent prayer on the 50-yard line after a football game by himself, which is um, inconceivable that uh, there was a point in our country where you couldn't do that. But uh, religious liberty is another example where you're seeing him at work even when it feels dead.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, look, the way the left is trying to change our culture, cancel culture, there's no God, there's no religion, there's no family, there's no work, right? It's all government. Government is God, government is religion, government is family, government provides the work, government is investment. There's no, you know, in in my line, the economy, there's there's no free enterprise, there's no free markets anymore, it's all government-dominated. In fact, we just had one, Kaylee. We had uh, this um, earlier last week, the EPA comes out with a a tailpipe, you know, auto regulation that will basically uh, end uh, the internal combustion engine. And our our former colleague, Steve Miller, is on the show, and he says to me, well, we're going to end the internal combustion engine. Did anyone vote on that, (laughs) House or Senate? (laughs) No, they're just going to declare it. Just like they're declaring, you know, you're right about religion in the school. Kelly, when I was a kid, listen to this. When I was a kid, I went to this place called the Dwight Englewood School. We said the Lord's Prayer in homeroom. Now, this is a long time ago. You couldn't get it. They'd probably shoot you for that now. But we actually said the Lord's Prayer in homeroom at the beginning of the day. Go figure.
1: Yeah, it's that's exactly right. And look, you can opt out of that if you so choose. Um, you know, that that is, um, one answer to that. But what's interesting to me is so Madeline Murray O'Hare, who's a famous atheist, uh, she was responsible for getting prayer out of schools in large part. Hmm. Um, but what was interesting, her son, Bill Murray, later in life rejected his mother's atheist views. Um, and he had, uh, alcohol problems at the time when he was um you know godless and he changed his life and you could see the evidence in the way his life changed um and not only that he pointed out baltimore schools used to be a place when there was prayer in schools where you didn't need security guards, mm. there was no violence in schools. And he said, you took out prayer from schools, and all of the scourges we see happening in the American education system can be traced back to the moment when we chase God out of the schools. But totally to your point, big government, the EV rules, you know, the big G seems to be government these days and not mm. God. And, uh, mm. wow, what are we reaping?
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. You know, um uh... My dear friend and former employer, but dear, dear friend, Judy, and our friend, uh, the late Bill Buckley, William F. Buckley, wrote at some length in his last years about the downfall of religion. And by the way, free religious speech uh, and what, you know, how it was taken out of the schools, you know, taken out of, obviously Bill, Bill lived in a rarefied world of, well-heeled boarding schools, but there's no God in those boarding schools anymore. That's the example I was given in my private school. They've changed all that. I mean, this was a long time ago that I was in prep school. But the point is, Buckley wrote about how you lose religion and you are going to lose the soul of the country. Uh, our friend Bill Bennett, who I don't know if you know Bill, he's a pal of mine from the Reagan years, Um often comes on our show and talks about that. You lose religion, uh, you lose the soul of the country, you lose your culture, you lose your bearings, Kaylee, you know. So I see a book here that talks about a yearning in the human heart for a Savior, Jesus Christ, who was walking alongside us every step of the way. You know, I can almost cry over that, but it's just a wonderful thing to read.
1: Yeah, it's so true. And especially, you know, I get into social media, uh, you know, with young girls it it really troubled me and broke my heart um, when I saw the CDC statistic that one in three girls are contemplating suicide or have thought about it. I mean, that that's amazing. Thirty mm. percent. You walk mm. down the street, you see three girls. One of those girls has thought about suicide. And mm. when we live in a society where your answer is Twitter and Instagram, you know, I grew up my space was created just as I was uh, leaving high school. So I didn't really grow up in this generation. Um, but it, it's tough. Um, you know, my parents still in my heart, you know, that I do have a Savior to look to. And when the goings got tough, when I was living in New York City and was so lonely at one point, you know, I had someone to turn to that wasn't social media. And I remember asking God, you know, hey, are you out there? I need to hear from you right now. And I got a call. Minutes later from the church I was attending saying, we feel like we need to pray for you. You know, we're making a round of calls. How can we pray for you? And from Hmm. that moment on, you know, I knew he was real in a very personal way. And and having that outlet to turn to, um, it it just breaks my heart that not all young women have that at a time when they're turning to social media and the selfie. um, And it just it it, it has disaster.
0: We all need a higher power of some kind.
1: No doubt about it.
0: Right. I mean, we just do. I learned that long time ago, myself, I had my problems with alcohol and drugs, and you need a higher power. You can't get through life without one. Folks, we are talking to Kelly McEnany, who was a former White House press secretary and uh, presently co-host of Fox News Outnumbered, and she's got a new book out, Serenity in the Storm, Living Through Chaos by Leaning on Christ. Kelly, you got a little more time. I want to take a break and maybe come back and talk some politics with you, if that's okay.
1: Can't wait. Looking
0: forward to it. All right, kiddo. Uh, folks, I'm Cudlow. We're going to take a big, uh, quick break. Be back with Kaylee McEnany. Please stick around. Larry Kudlow. Larry Kudlow. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. <clears throat> I'm Larry Kudlow. We are talking with Kaylee McEnany, who was the former White House press secretary during the Trump years, my, co- uh, my colleague. And is presently co-host of Fox News hit show, Outnumbered. And she's a New York Times bestselling author. The new book is Serenity in the Storm, Living Through Chaos by Leaning on Christ. The release date is May 2nd, so we're coming down to it. It's just a little more than a week. You can, I love to sell books on radio, one click on Amazon or whatever. Uh, Kelly, big story in the Wall Street Journal today. Their polls out. Um, which confirms what we've been seeing. The headline is Trump tops DeSantis in poll of GOP. Uh, Head-to-head, DeSantis was up plus 14 in December, and uh, now DeSantis has fallen to minus 13. Uh, Our former boss is plus 13. 51 for Trump, 38 for DeSantis. And if you throw in the other, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, and so forth, Actually, Trump is up uh, twenty-four points over DeSantis. So, what do you make of that, Kelly? You know the boss, the old boss. He's, I don't know. People keep counting him out, and um, I don't know. Right this minute, I had a, a I bumped into an old friend of mine, a Wall Street Journal reporter from Washington, from the Washington office, who says to me, uh, and he's not a Trump guy, but he said, you know, right now it's better than fifty-fifty. Trump's going to be president again. What do you make of it?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt um, that he has had a surge in the polls um, in the aftermath of, of that really unjust indictment, which even legal commentators have noted was totally unfounded by Alvin Bragg's total uh, brag, total political move. Um, so you've seen him surge in the polls. Um, I think senior people um, in the governor's orbit would, would argue that they look at the favorability ratings in that poll, and they say DeSantis is double digits higher than Trump among Republicans. So I think they see some encouragement in the polls Governor DeSantis hasn't even announced yet. Um, but this is an uphill climb. I mean, our, our former boss, President Trump, he is, he's dominant in these polls, um, nevertheless. And not only that, he's really zeroing in on something he's very good at, which is retail politics. Last night, he had this viral moment. I mean, I saw Trump trending on social media today. And I click it and he had this moment where he went to a pizza shop in Fort Myers mm. and ate a piece of pizza just with everyday Americans. And you just see um, his his smile and his ability in that scene. Uh, he did something similar in Iowa. So, mm. you know, President Trump, if he really locks into a policy message, engages in those retail politics stops um, It does feel like he could be unstoppable. But, you know, Governor DeSantis, a warrior in his own right. I'm a Floridian, so, of course, I I love my governor there. Um, He's taken on some pretty big policy battles with with Disney, uh, signing the six-week heartbeat bill. So I think he will try to cleave to the right of President Trump and illustrate some policy contrast there. And, you know, we'll see if he can do that on a debate stage. That's what it all comes down to.
0: You know, Kelly, I got to tell you, uh, from my perspective— and I I respect Ron DeSantis, uh, and he's been a good governor, but I think this obsession he has and continuing fight with Walt Disney is hurting him. It's uh, showing him to be uh, ineffectual. And um, our pal Kellyanne Conway says this, that he's too much woke and not enough economic growth and prosperity and inflation. And he's got a you know, Florida has a great record. On the economy let 's say compared to new york or or California, but he 's not doing that he 's just he 's fighting he 's fighting mickey Mouse and and it's not it 's hurting him It makes him look ineffective and you know some people are saying Trump would have settled this thing in you know one meeting well you 've seen it with a diet Coke and a Hershey bar in, in the dining room behind the Oval Office but um I think the sands made a big mistake here.
1: You know, um, Kellyanne's a brilliant pollster, um, no doubt about it. And, you know, I I trust her word on on a lot of these matters. But where I disagree is that, you know, there is something really big going on in corporate America. I I know you see it. I know Kellyanne sees it. Um, The woke corporate America embracement of the trans movement, um, really forcing it on our children. Uh, Disney, of course, opposing that kindergarten through third grade legislation to keep sexuality out of schools, which is just common sense. So, Mm. You know, I think the governor, politically speaking, um, was smart to take this on, was smart to make himself the opponent of Disney World. And I think on a debate stage, he's going to say, look, I took on Disney. I took on corporate America. I'm the fighter against wokeism. Um, and, and you see that in, in my really gritty fight against Disney. So I think he can use it to great effect. But to your point, to your point, uh, touting the economic record of Florida is not something we hear a ton From the governor currently he still hasn't declared we still haven't heard his big you know coming out speech but um that is something that you're right he doesn't get the reputation for though he's done a great job um he's got to make that the focus because i can tell you president trump you know his message is going to be been there done that and can do it again um and that is a very strong message because we saw what he did with the federal government for four years
0: i sent you the wall street journal editorial florida versus new york uh, which is something that I did on the air twice in fact, I wrote um i don 't know one or two columns about it on let 's see if you live in new york if you live in New York City, your state and local tax is fourteen point eight percent. If you live in miami, Florida, your state and local tax is zero now i i right. would I would want to promote that <laughs> and Florida has a higher population than New York. They passed New York in population. But the Florida budget is half the size of New York. And meanwhile, Florida is growing three times as fast with an unemployment rate that is uh, half, again, as low as New York. Now, if I were he, uh, I'd be talking about that. If I were DeSantis, I'd be talking about that. It's right you know yeah, that, for, it, the prosperity agenda Kelly you you remember when you were the press secretary right you'd get an economic number you'd you'd send me an email and I'd give you the bullets back you know that it's it's just as hot now as it was a few years ago <laughs> for
1: for sure I look <laughs> I shouldn't be learning those numbers from you right you know I should be learning these in a campaign ad uh, yeah. for the governor yeah. um but we we haven't seen that again it's premature he hasn't gotten out Gotten out there and, and declares candidacy yet, but there's a lot of people. Um, at least the reporting suggest in his inner circle that say, "Hey, where are you out there?" Um, you know, President Trump's been out there. He's. Making these stops. We saw him in Fort Myers yesterday. Uh, he's going to Iowa. And I, I know the governor's on a book tour, but w- where are you out there making this message in a campaign fashion? Mm. Um, I think is a really, really good point. Um, and, you know, I, when you're taking on President Trump, you are taking on a, a gargantuan in Republican politics. And mm. Um, you know, I never bet against him, and, and when you do bet against him, you often end up wrong. But Republican voters, you know, they'll make that determination. But I think you're you're spot on uh, with that economic message that we haven't had to, heard too much of just yet.
0: No, I'm waiting for DeSantis to call. He had not called. <laughs> so, I'm, I, so <laughs> I, I'm just doing it on the air with you. Uh, anyway, on the other side of the coin, uh, it's interesting with the Democrats, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who is not going to be president. But Robert f Kennedy jr throws his hat in the ring right i know i know uh, uh Bob kennedy you know, i used to, he used to come on my old c n b c show uh on climate change stuff but so he throws his hat in the ring Kelly, and um he's got he gets fourteen percent support, and then the other one uh the other gal williamson uh i think she has four or five percent and um then there's a lot of undecided and we really <laughs> I do not see how Joe Biden can make this race. I do not see it physically. And he's so unpopular and his disapprovals are so high. And I was wondering, my I guess my question to you is, um, with Kennedy in the race getting 14%, is that open the door for others? You know, get whether it's Gavin Newsom or Pritzker or whoever the heck is going to run more established candidates with more resources than Bob Kennedy. You think... This is the beginning. I mean, here, just last one. I don't mean to prattle on, but uh, Kennedy throws, Kennedy makes his announcement on on Thursday. And that Thursday afternoon, the White House political people say they start putting the word out that Biden's going to announce on Tuesday. So all of a sudden, Kennedy triggered that response. Now, I just wonder what else Kennedy going to trigger.
1: I, I think you couldn't be more accurate on that. I Look, the the White House, I think, would tell you, oh, no, we're – you know, we're doing this April announcement date uh, because it's the anniversary of when Biden announced, you know, four years ago. Uh, not only that, he has international trips coming up and we have debt ceiling negotiations. So this is the time period. Um, the problem is, Axios had reported that Biden was going to wait until the fall. He had no reason to get in. Republicans were looking chaotic and he's going to let them do their chaotic primary and mm-hmm. come in. Uh, You know, in the fall. Well, all of a sudden, you're exactly right. That changed in a 24 hour frame, uh, I think, because of Robert Kennedy and his double digit polling. And I think what lends even more credence to your theory is Biden is announcing Tuesday, according to The Washington Post, with a video on Twitter. I
0: mean,
1: you would think you're the sitting president. You have every resource at your disposal and you're not announcing in front of a massive crowd with the like aura of like air force one in the background. What are you doing? So I I think you're exactly right.
0: I hadn't seen that part. I'm going to go and read that. Kaylee McEnany, the name of the book, serenity in the storm, living through chaos by leaning on Christ. Wonderful lady. Thank you so much for coming on. Larry Kudlow.